Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast episode. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, Tracy Otsuka, and she is the author of ADHD for Smartass Women, How to Fall in Love with Your Neurodivergent Brain. I'm really fascinated with ADHD, um, how people develop strategies for faster learning, more efficient, more memory, um, just overall. It's really interesting about neuro neurodiversity. You're going to talk about all her journey, her story, and she's all around entrepreneur. So Tracy, welcome. Thank you. I, I love being here. And as I mentioned briefly, when we just chatted, um, I think a lot of people will probably come to this podcast and think ADHD, that's not for me. And my message to you is just hang on a second, because if there's anything that's been going on in your life and you're trying to make, you know, heads or tails of it, um, maybe pay attention because this might be you. I think most people do not know what ADHD looks like in the real world. Yeah. So kind of talk about this um, idea of like the inspiration behind the story, uh, why you chose to wrote the book and um, can, you know, because you've Talk about your journey, your son's journey towards an ADHD diagnosis, um, misconceptions and how they shape your mission to educate others. Yeah. So um, I have a son who is now 21 years old and he is a senior, we can't believe it, at NYU. This is a kid who started out at nine years old. Well, prior to nine years old, you know, if you can be top of your class, he was always top of his class. And then starting around nine, he started to struggle, but only in school. We couldn't figure it out for years. You know, he went through all these different therapies and, you know, took all these tests and, and nobody knew what it was. All they came up with is your, your child is so ambitious and so bright. We can't figure out why he's so unmotivated. And so finally at 12, he was diagnosed with ADHD. And we, you know, my husband and I, we almost fell off of our chair. I thought ADHD meant you were not very smart. You were all over the place. Um, and you were a disaster, right? You were a problem to everyone around you. And he was not like that. And so we uh, found a psychologist who came highly referred as an ADHD expert. And after three sessions with my son, she sat us down and said, your um, job as his parents is to reduce his expectations so he will not be disappointed in life. And I was, you know, the first thing I thought was, oh, my gosh, who would ever tell any child that? I don't care if they're intellectually disabled. You don't ever tell a human being that, right? Because if you're going to tell them that the standard is, you know, up here, they're going to maybe reach a little bit lower than that. Versus if you tell them that the standard is down below kind of where their hip is, you know, that's where they're going to end up. So I decided then and there she didn't know what the hell she was talking about. We never went back and I started to do the research on my own about ADHD. And lo and behold, it took me eight months, but I discovered that ADHD is highly genetic and he inherited it from me. And I thought initially, you know, it was like, my symptoms looked so different. How could he have inherited it from me? I am nothing if not driven. Well, guess what? Drivenness is a form of hyperactivity. And women show symptoms of ADHD very different than men. Um, I am extremely hyperactive, which is, you know, typically more of a man type symptom. But um, most women, or I would say two times the amount of women um, than men, are inattentive ADHD. And inattentive ADHD looks like the absent-minded professor. So they may be the girl, and boys can have inattentive ADHD too. 
and they tend to be misdiagnosed as well with anxiety and depression. And what that looks like is they're the ones that are sitting in the back of the classroom, daydreaming in their own head. The teacher calls on them and they're like, what, what? They don't even realize they're in school because they're in their own fantasy world. As adults, it can look like the absent-minded professor. So in their area of interest, they are so brilliant. But all like the day-to-day -day stuff, uh, not so much. And so there's constantly this inconsistent inconsistency, right? You're consistently inconsistent. And girls tend to internalize their symptoms. Um, they beat themselves up, which is why they tend to be diagnosed with anxiety and depression rather than ADHD. Versus boys, especially in school, they're annoying, right? They're causing trouble. They're climbing the walls. They're talking with, well, girls talk too, but they're, you know, they're just... They're annoying to the teacher. They're annoying to the adults in their life. So they get the attention and they get the services. Girls are also diagnosed much later. They're diagnosed or their symptoms show up much later. Um, their symptoms tend to show up around puberty because what we have discovered finally, because we're actually doing small studies on girls and women, is that estrogen modulates dopamine. And what our brains don't make enough of or maybe we process it differently, we don't quite know, is dopamine. And uh, dopamine is modulated by estrogen. So it makes sense that there are certain times in a woman's life when hormones might be bouncing around like puberty, like postpartum, like pregnancy, like postpartum, like perimenopause, and like menopause. And so you are seeing a lot of women today who are getting diagnosed late in life with ADHD because their symptoms got so much work. You know, they're like me, many of them, where they're highly driven. They're very entrepreneurial. They're going and doing. And yeah, you know, there are some things that they don't do so well, like, you know, get dinner on the table or even realize that, oh my gosh, it's dinner time. I should eat, right? Um, or getting their kids to school on time or just, you know, dealing with time. But the things that they do well, they do so well. So there's Three telltale signs of ADHD that a lot of people are not aware of, aware of. One of them is unexplained underachievement. So if you have an adult and even a child who is really, really bright and you talk to them and you can tell how bright they are, but they're not able to achieve in the way that, you know, your typical neurotypical human would be able to achieve, you might want to look at ADHD because it just doesn't make sense. They are consistently inconsistent, like my son. He would get A's and F's in the same subject in the same week. Forgot his homework, didn't turn his homework in, just, you know, really clueless about what are the things you need to do to actually get the good grades to show how bright you are. And then the third thing is typical productivity tips and tricks don't typically work for someone with um, ADHD. So they talk about eat that frog. Hell no, I am not going to do the most difficult thing the first thing in the morning. And the reason is my dopamine tends to be lower when I wake up, right? And so I have to do the smaller things to ratchet up the dopamine because dopamine is all about positive emotion. When you feel positive emotion, when you're proud of yourself, you've ratcheted up your dopamine. And your dopamine is what motivates you, or I say for the ADHD brain, inspires you to keep going. So you want to do one small thing that makes you feel better. Then you do the bigger thing. And then usually like writing, 
you know, I wrote this book with HarperCollins, and I honestly don't know how I got through it. But early on, I realized that as much as I wanted to get it done first thing because it was so uncomfortable, I could not start writing until two o'clock. And so finally, I just realized, okay, well, that's how my brain is just going to work. And so I'm just going to have to go with it. The other one is the Nike, just do it. No, if we could just do it, we would have just done it. When we are not, so the thing that all ADHD brains have in, in common and what makes ADHD so hard to diagnose is it looks a little different in everyone. And the reason that is, is because all ADHD brains, this is what we do have in common, is we all have brains of interest versus a neurotypical brain, you know, a, um, a typical brain has a brain of importance. So that means if your parent, if your partner, if your teachers, if your boss thinks it's important that you get something done, you're like, okay, I'll go ahead. I'll do it society, I'll do it. They think that's important. I pay my taxes. I pay my bills. Okay, I'll do it. Versus the ADHD brain is a brain of interest. What spikes, and it's all because of dopamine. What spikes our dopamine is when we are interested. And when we are interested, we're more than interested. We hyper-focus. We go down the rabbit hole. We learn everything about the particular subject that we're interested in really fast and frankly better than a typical brain. Okay, so I've talked a lot. What I do want to say um, is that ADHD is not a disorder. There was a study that came out last year, February, March, that showed that 43% of all people with ADHD are in excellent mental health. Unfortunately, all we ever hear about is the pathology. And I really believe that when people really struggle with ADHD, it's not just ADHD, it's ADHD and trauma. Because the symptoms of trauma mirror ADHD, inability to focus, inattention, hyperactivity. And so when you have too much of that, of course, it's not a good thing. When you have a certain amount of it, it can be a really good thing because there are so many things that the ADHD brain is truly brilliant at. And I also believe that most entrepreneurs, ADHD is a spectrum, most entrepreneurs are somewhere on the ADHD spectrum because there are so many traits of ADHD that make that possible, you know, that make entrepreneurship just like, yeah, that's what I should do. So I've talked a lot. Yeah, which kind of um, what I love is just, you know, just your professionalism. And I love, you know, the fact that your son can get, get got into NYU that, you know, that says, you know, a lot of things. And can I tell you how he got into NYU? So this is ADHD. <laughs> we are so creative. He got in, didn't have the test scores, didn't have the grades, but he's smart. He got in <laughs> as a rapper. A social justice rapper. He was all about the model minority. So I'm half Japanese. He's a quarter Japanese. And my son's thing, his interest is other cultures. It's the world. He knows every country, every, you know, capital, everything about every, you know, he travels. And so that's his thing is people and cultures. So he was able to figure out early on, that's something that I really love. Interesting. I wanted to kind of delve just briefly because we only have, you know, a couple minutes is yeah. um, 
talking about like behavioral strategies, because I've noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs and um, artists and, you know, ex people of extraordinary achievement, they either had, you know, either ADHD or bipolar or um, just some kind of, um, you know, very, um, very divergency. Yeah. So talk about saying behavioral strategies to adjust in this kind of world that's kind of backwards to, to them. You know, I think the most important thing that I can say is it's all about interest. So I think when people with ADHD really struggle is because they see their life and they can't get through school. They don't have many opportunities. They're a barista at Starbucks. Not that there's anything wrong with that if that's what you love, right? But they're not even good at that. And they know they have so much potential and they're not living up to it. And so the problem there is there really is no interest. What I have discovered with the thousands of women that I've worked with and that I've met over the years through my podcast, book, programs, whatever, we have a, we have a hundred thousand member Facebook group. What I've discovered about all of them is as they go through school, they may struggle. And then the more they're able to choose what they study, the better and better they do. So by the time they actually get to the programs where they're doing a master's or a PhD, they are at the very top of their class. It is all about interest, number one. And number two, it's about positive emotion. If you are constantly beating yourself up about all the things you can't do, why you can't do it the way neurotypicals do it, well, no wonder. Your mental health is going to be so poor, you're not going to be able to get out of your own way. The key for the ADHD brain is positive emotion. How can you make whatever you actually need to do? First of all, you should be doing the things you really want to do. But it's life, right? And there are some things we have to get done that we really don't want to do. So how do we do it with an ADHD brain? It's all about make it fun, make it challenging, make it social. So how can you creatively figure out, okay, I did something similar to that once before. What did I do? You already have systems. You just don't realize you have systems and strategies because typical brains have told you your entire life you're doing it wrong. BS, you're not doing it wrong. You need to figure out what is your way that works for your different brain. I always liken yeah. us to Macs in a uh, Windows-driven world, right? We just have a different <laughs> operating system. So figure out what that is for you. Yeah. So well said and kind of ended with how people can contact you, find out more about the work that you do, check out your book and reach out to you. You've got so much knowledge and information and experience. Well, thank you. Um, I would just send them to my website, which is ADHDforsmartwomen.com. Um, of course, Google wouldn't let us and Amazon and it should be ADHD for smart ass women, right? But we just kept getting dinged. So we're ADHDforsmartwomen.com. And everything's there. Yeah, for all the audience out there listening, um, Tracy for coming on and really um, talking about this really interesting topic, neurodivergence, and um, how people can actually outsmart the system and you know do better than just people that you know fit within the traditional system. So I always love hearing this, and um, all of her resources will be in the links and show notes. Be sure to give her a like and follow. She's got tens of thousands on Instagram and she's got thousands on YouTube and uh, check out her book on Amazon. And with that, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you.